Hello, Horror Fanatics. I'm Frank. And I'm Jen. And we welcome you to our weekly podcast, Oh, The Horror. Thank you for joining us as we dive deep into all things horror, supernatural, scary, and downright creepy. If you like what you hear, rate, review, subscribe, or follow, or whatever the cool kids are doing to add us to your regular rotation of podcasts. You can also submit any ideas, comments, and suggestions to our email address at O-T-H at SeriouslyDecent.com. And you can check our website out, OhTheHorrorPodcast.com. Yes. You can do all those things. All of those things. Or none. I mean, the can, decision is up to you. You can leave now. Okay, bye. Just be like, oh, I don't think I want to do this anymore. <laughs> And let's see what the, I'm out. <laughs> see what the other podcast sounds like. <laughs> yeah, how you doing? As uh, you're drinking uh, some some tea or coffee? Oh, it's chai. No, it's coffee. It's coffee. It's coffee. Oh boy. Yeah, I'm doing all right. Yeah. 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 You know, pretty good weekend. You know what I love most mm. in the world, and I didn't even know until I didn't have it anymore. Hot water. Yeah. 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 That's, uh, that's, that's something you take for granted. So it you is, don't have it. It is something you take for granted. Mm-hmm. It's a luxury. Mm-hmm. For those that haven't put it together, our hot water heater went, and we're repairing it tomorrow. Yes. But it's been it's been a, a, a bit of no hot water. It has. For, well, it will have been three days of no hot water. Friday. Saturday, Sunday, and then we're getting a fix yeah. Monday. It's something you take for granted, but it is also something that you don't really need as much as you think you do temporarily. It's the temporary part for me that's not bad. Yeah. But after a few days, you're like, man, hot water is pretty fucking useful. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like three days, I would say, is my limit to where I'm okay about it. Mm-hmm. You know, Anything more that, than that, and I yeah. get all first world. Oh my god, <laughs> where is my hot water? I'm not meant to live in these conditions. Yeah, this is insufferable. <laughs> when does it end? <laughs> it's got all shits creek. I mean, yeah, maybe a little. I'm just saying. No, it's true. I I think three days would be my limit to where like I'm okay with it. Mm-hmm. Because you have other things, like we have the kettle to make the tea, yeah. coffee pot to make coffee. I have a stock pot. Stock pot where you can yeah. heat water and you can do some things. Yes. You know. um, it's how I washed my hair this morning. <laughs> it's how I've been washing the dishes. Yeah. 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 But for a long time, I mean, you think about it. That's how people lived, lived for hundreds of yeah. We just finished Deadwood, and the number of times they were heating up water to put into the bathtub. Just to do something. Yeah. Yeah. Hauling water just to heat it up. Like Deadwood, like it was just so dirty. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they talk about mud, but they glaze over the fact that all those. in the mud? Yeah. It's mud and horse shit. So it's like mud shit. People shit. Yeah. Piss. Yeah. 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 Great. Mm-hmm. Mm. You know, and people just come walking into your house. Yeah. 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 Yep. That That's, was the thing. 
It's where I see like in the Far East where they take their shoes off and you put the slippies like they were. Yeah. They figured that out. Yeah. They're like, you know what? There's mud shit outside. I don't know what I'd like to leave the mud shit outside. I don't know what you've done or where you've been. But in here, we don't want it. Oh, it's more like I know where your feet have been. They can stay out there. <laughs> you can take your stinky feet. Exactly. And get out you of here. You can take your mud shit feet. Yeah. And leave them right outside and that door. And that's just the mud shit feet. Like yeah. you still stunk. Yeah. Yeah. Like you look yeah. at um. Well, anytime, and this is probably just a me thing. Mm-hmm. Anytime I watch anything, period. Yeah. And they're walking around with their dresses and like the whole bottom two inches is full of mud. I'm like, that's not just mud. That's mud shit. Yeah. They're literally dragging around. Mm -hmm. Do you like my dress with my mud shit? Yeah. Isn't it nice? Do you like it? Does it smell as bad as it feels? So, so something just like mud shit. Yeah. Episode 93 count St. <laughs> I blew yeah. that. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, how do you segue from Well, how do you mud measure shit? up? How does the Count de Saint Germain mm-hmm. measure up to mud shit? Because he lived through mud shit. Yeah. I think he, he came, lived through shit shit. I think he came out pretty squeaky clean too. Well to I degree. think he he uh I think it was yeah. full of a lot of bullshit. We'll find out. What's your sources? Uh, liveabout or liveabout.com. Mm-hmm. Yeah. St. Germain, The Immortal Count by Stephen Wagner, updated December 29th, 2018. I had that one as well. And then I found, hold please. Mm. It's not like we have a show going or anything. Newworldencyclopedia.org. Ooh. And let me tell you, that got a little juicy. Yeah. Yes. I have uh, the liveabout.com that you have, mm-hmm. uh, the modernrogue.com, and historicmysteries.com. Dun, dun, dun. Years. So here we are. Yeah. Yeah. Back at the beginning, episode 93. <laughs> <laughs> You wanna you wanna roll with this or? So, prior to me bringing him up in Black Magic, had you ever heard of the Count de Saint Germain? No, this is the first time that I heard of this person, other than that brief episode of us talking about that in Black Magic. Right. Uh, but yeah, like reading and getting remotely informed about no, never. Never heard of it. Now, which is strange because what there's the claim of him. You'd think he'd just be a household name like Nostradamus. Yeah. But not so much. No. It appears that achieving immortality is not enough to be memorable. (laughs) Well, I mean, a guy claiming to be this guy Mm -hmm. has appeared throughout history. It's a weird story in that regard, because, like, his name pops up. Like, if you research him. Yeah. His name pops up, and, and the first thing you start looking at is, it's like, wait, these dates don't add up 
at all. Yeah. Like it's 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 like biblical. Like back in the first books where they're like, yeah. you know, well, yeah. you live for 300 years, you know, and then blah blah blah, you know. Right. And it's just, yeah. Yeah. But exactly. it's not but it's not back in that era. It's fairly recent. Yeah. And it's nice seeing the people that have actually took the time to research this. And there's a there's a guy who made a claim as recently as the 1970s. 70s, yeah. Which I found like shocking. Yeah, weird. Like I knew I knew the the like the iceberg, the tip of the iceberg about mm-hmm. this guy. Mm-hmm. Like the comparisons of him to like a that he could be Sir Francis Bacon, etc. Yeah. So I knew about that. What I didn't know was how frequently and and or infrequently he appeared, disappeared, reappeared yeah. throughout history. And not just along some average Joes. No. Like this guy no. ran in some circles. Yeah. I mean, so records date his birth to the late 1600s. Now, the wiki actually gave a month and a day and a year. Mm-hmm. But Wikipedia was the only source yeah. that had a month and a day and a year, which That's, is which is why I don't consult the wiki. I, I always had this lifelong theory with wiki since it's been around. It's mm-hmm. a it's a jump start. It's a jump platform. Right. Yeah. Like I'll get my base information from there mm-hmm. or conceptual idea of like, especially with the podcast, like. Mm-hmm. I'll look at the wiki and get like a conceptual idea of maybe what I want to talk about or look into. Mm-hmm. But it's by no means a, I don't go there for pure facts and stop. Yeah. No. I don't go there for outline and stop. It's right. just literally kind of a, it's a jumping point. Yeah. And yeah. then, and then I end up going to these other, other pages, but, but yeah, it, it's I agree like they had specific information on it but they also were like well you know it could be 1691 or 1712 or and 1784 then there are some sources that believe he actually was around during the time of Christ they say that he was at the last supper yes which, you know. Yeah. I mean. And always appearing to be about 45 years old. That's the consistency. I think the one consistency I was yes. searching for on this. Yes. Is that he always seems to be appearing around like his mid 40s. Yep. You know, or 40s. Yeah. Uh, but Could you imagine? It's the day of, it's it's your birthday. Yeah. Bing. 45. And you just stay at 45. <laughs> I actually, at 47, I would have been pretty happy staying at 45. Right. My prescription would have been less yeah. on my glasses. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, some aches and pains would be non-existent. But, but for those who don't know, he's an alchemist who apparently discovered the secret of eternal life. That's his yes. claim to fame. Yes. Very talented person, though. Yeah. Regardless of, which... Uh, is interesting as well. So let's let's dive deep into this. This yeah. dude was known by some of the most famous figures of European history, including Casanova, mm-hmm. Madame de Pompadour, Voltaire, mm-hmm. King Louis the Fifteenth, Catherine the Great, Anton Mesmer, and others. 
So there's stories of immortality and legend, and he's actually become his own bit of folklore. Yeah. And when the man who first became known as St. Germain was born, it's unknown because nobody really knows. Most accounts say that he was born in the 1690s. A genealogy compiled by Annie Besant for her co-authored book, The Comte de St. Germain, The Secret of Kings, asserts he was born the son of Francis Rocosi II, Prince of Transylvania in 1690. Other accounts taken less seriously by most say he was alive in the time of Jesus and attended the wedding at Cana. That's what it where was. Where the young Jesus turned water into wine. The wedding at Cana. He that's right. was also said to be present at the Council of Nicaea in 325 AD, which for those of you who... Listen, I believe that's where they came up with the Nicene Creed, was the Council of Nicaea. Yeah, yeah. What is almost unanimously agreed upon, however, is that St. Germain became accomplished in the art of alchemy, the mystical science that strives to control the elements, the foremost goal of which of this practice was the creation of projection powder or the elusive philosopher's stone, as I mentioned in the Black Arts Black magic episode, which it was claimed when added to the molten form of such base metals as lead could turn them into pure silver or gold. Furthermore, this magical power could be used in an elixir that would impart immortality on those who drank it. Count de St. Germain, it is believed, discovered the secret of this alchemy. And that's basically, in a nutshell, his claim to fame. Yes. Is the... uh, the immortality piece, but also that he could change these metals into gold, or he could change a uh, like a a rough diamond or a bad mm-hmm. like flawed diamond into yes. a perfect diamond, yes. create stones and turn them into jewels. Yeah, yeah, he uh, precious stones. But that's what an alchemist does. It, they're yeah. playing with the elements, transforming. It's all about transfiguration. It's about making things a more elevated version yeah. of itself, making it, quote unquote, better. I don't know that there's necessarily a better. But St. Germain first came into prominence in the High Society of Europe in 1742. He had just spent five years in the Shah of Persia's court where he had learned the jeweler's craft. He beguiled the royals and the rich with his vast knowledge of science and history, his musical ability, his easy charm, and quick quick wit. He spoke many languages fluently, including French, German, Dutch, Spanish, Portuguese, Russian, and English, and was further familiar with Chinese, Latin, Arabic, and even ancient Greek and Sanskrit, which at that time to be that learned and... Mm -hmm. To know that many languages? At that time? Yeah. I'd say pretty much at any time. Yeah, I mean. There's very few people that could. Pull that off? Fluently (laughs) speak. Yeah. All them languages, let alone be in a limited environment or limited exposure to things. yes. Back then. So it could have been his extraordinary learnedness and the fact that he knew all these topics and these languages that led acquaintances to see that he was a remarkable man. But an anecdote from 1760 most likely gave rise to the notion that St. Germain could be immortal. In Paris that year, 
Countess von Georgi, heard that a Count de Saint Germain had arrived for a soiree at the home of Madame de Pompadour, mistress of King Louis XV of France. The elderly Countess was curious because she had known a Count de Saint Germain while in Venice in 1710. Upon meeting the Count of Gen, again, she was astonished to see he hadn't appeared to age and asked him if it was his father she knew in Venice. No, Madame, he replied. But I myself was living in Venice at the end of the last and the beginning of this century. I had the honor to pay you court there. Forgive me, but that is impossible, the perplexed countess said. The Count de St. Germain I knew in those days was at least 45 years old, and you at the outside are at that age at present. Madame, I am very old, he said with a knowing smile. But then you must be nearly a hundred years old, said the astonished countess. That is not impossible, the Count told her matter-of-factly, then continued to convince the Countess that he was indeed the same man she knew with the details of their previous meetings and of life in Venice 50 years earlier. Mm-hmm. Hard stop. Yeah. You're at a party. Yeah. And you're like, wait, Bob's here? I knew Bob way back when... 50 years ago. 50 years ago I knew him. So you go up to said Bob. Mm-hmm. Exact same person. So you're like, wow, you must look just like your dad or your grandpa. No, no, it's it's me. And then they proceed to tell you everything that you guys talked about 50 years ago. That's the weird part is the conversation part. Because like everything else I could go like, eh, you know, he's like Dick Clark. He's just a good con man. Yeah. No, even if he was the same person, yeah. like he maybe yeah. he doesn't age. Maybe he's like Dick Clark, you know. Dick I Clark mean, disease. You know, <laughs> I mean, it, it just uh, I could see that. But then to talk about everything that took place, yeah, yeah. It's, Would you shit your pants? I, I think it goes back to what I say often with things that like you don't know, like you you haven't been able to experience, right? And you don't know how to handle that, yeah. And I think that's where I would get stuck. I I just wouldn't know how to handle that like it just just do the yeah just kind of like the drop mouth yeah, like drop, drop uh, jawed, god this is staring, weird like you know no yeah where are you from again you know and just like yeah keep running in circles around it would you try and like catch them in a lie would you try and trip them up yeah i think i mean i had my memory issue for a short period of time, but most of the time, especially before the memory issue, I had a memory of an elephant. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Now all that's passed. I think I'm getting right back to where I used to be, where mm-hmm. I, I remember the details and that's where, yeah, I would just, I don't think I'd be able to stop. I'd have to drill until like it was enough. Like it wouldn't be just a conversation. But how much would be enough that. to satisfy you? I need more than what we talked about in the conversation because okay. here's the thing: everything was very structured and polite back then. Yeah. So you could run the grift of well, yeah, you know, I talked to you and we talked about the weather. Yeah, and the and roads, we, and we talked about the conditions of the, the condition roads. of the roads, or yes. you know, and we talked about the political climate at that mm-hmm. time. And if you're well read and stuff like well that, well versed, yeah. And this dude knows yeah. all these languages. He knows history. He yeah. knows all this stuff. I know I'm 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 cheating ahead, but the dude was friends with Casanova, and mm-hmm. Casanova said this guy's good. <laughs> 
I mean, like, yeah. just to put this in perspective it, yeah. of like, yeah, the impact and the and the um, just the the presence that this gentleman had. If Casanova's like, wow, yeah, Jermaine, he's good. Yeah, like that's a level of holy crap. Because I mean, Casanova was. The he's shit. no slouch himself. Yeah, yeah, he's memorable. Like you yeah. mentioned Casanova, and everybody's like, "Oh yeah, mm-hmm. I know about Casanova." Mm-hmm. Either from this yeah. or that or the other. Where this guy like <laughs> is over it, and and for Casanova to say, "Yeah, no, he was something, boy. He's impressive." Yeah, I mean that that really speaks a lot. So I look at it as one of two ways. And being a person of faith, this is how I look at it. Either he's the real deal mm-hmm. or he's just a very, very smart, intelligent, grifting con man. Okay. That just used that to get along Can I offer life. a third option? No. <laughs> no, go for it. He's both. Could be both. I don't think you'd have to be a con man. I mean... I, the con man part is is he's in these circles uh-huh. of people and and like he doesn't work. He doesn't yeah. you know, the alchemy thing is the patter, right, so to yes. speak. But you don't hear anyone else benefiting from the alchemy except him, except when it came to stones. That's what I read. Right. Like, you know, someone would receive a stone that either he improved right. or or something, but the but the immortality thing. He didn't pass that on to anyone. He didn't anyone. pass that on to anyone and didn't even really share that information as much. Like, And here's the other thing. That just means he didn't find someone that he cared enough about mm-hmm. to share it with. Where he's like, yeah, no, yeah. I would like to spend the rest of eternity with this person. He was all too happy to be like, eh, see who the next person is. I think... Gonna bust into this at twenty two minutes okay. or twenty minutes. Who knows how it's gonna be edited out? But <laughs> no, because we always had the dry sound yeah. in the beginning. So, but at this point, a quarter of the way into this, mm-hmm. I think he was a good looking person. Mm-hmm. I think he was very smart. Yes, super smart. Yes, like out of the womb smart. Yes, which I've always had my own opinion with that. Like mm-hmm. I don't think schools generate smart people. Right. I think smart people go to school and they learn a lot of things. Right. But it's amazing how many less fortunate people regarding intelligence go into school below average and come out below average. Right. And then they find something later in their life that like connects and it's like, man, I wish I found this 15 years ago. Right. And it really just kind of like synergizes up. Opens the door. Their creativity, their drive, and their everything. Like, and hey, I get what all the fuss is about. I, yeah, but there's other people that are just naturalists, so to speak, mm-hmm. that are just good at things. Right. And and I place him in this group. Okay. You know, it's kind of like what I always say about, like, the good-looking people of the world never know how the other people live. No. And they also believe in the exterior force thing. 
Yeah. Like, well, if you just wish it, it'll come true. And it's like, yeah, if you're a 10. Yeah. Yeah. You can just a wish. A lot of things just happen for you. A lot of you. things just happen for you. Yeah. It just you don't flies. have to work at any yeah, of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you get somebody that's a, a like a seven or less. Yeah. As far as looks category. Yeah. You, you got to put elbow grease into you're the shit you want in your shit. life. Yeah. yeah. You can't just sit there and say, you know, maybe I'll just go to Paris tomorrow on a yacht. If I just put that in my head, I'll be there. Oh my, oh my god, god! It happened. How did you know? I end up in Paris on a yacht? Yeah. That's so weird. No, and it's not just a girl thing. It's guys yeah, too, yeah, like yeah, good-looking yeah. guys. Yeah. There's that useless pool boy who like just skates through life, being yeah. a freaking moron. Mm-hmm. Now imagine someone with looks and like brains, yeah. like just the package. Mm-hmm. You know, they're you can't. They're they're for. <laughs> I don't even have words for it. Like yeah. it's just good luck with that. Yeah, I mean, how do you like, how do you compete with that, that? package? Challenge you can't that. Challenge that. No. I mean, this is somebody. The deck is stacked in their hands, and I think the deck was stacked in this dude's hands the whole time. And he and was he, an excellent card player. And just a yeah, just a wordsmith yep. to the T. And I think everybody and you get these parties. Of highfalutin elites. Right. And they just soak right into this. Look at this person who just came. I'm friends with this person. And look at all the things he knows and all the blah, blah, blah. And just going into the. God to Saint Germain. (laughs) Yeah. You know, where are you from? Where am I not from? You know, I mean, (laughs) exactly. And then he just works the room. So tell me, old (laughs) chap, what is it that you do? Do yeah. exactly, and that even so. Gets, let's uh, get into it. Saint Germain <laughs> traveled extensively throughout Europe over the next forty years. Yeah, and all this time, never seeming to age. No. Okay, dude. Like, what serums are you using? Yeah, yeah. What toner? Might be just. What's you. your What's your skincare regimen? Whale blubber. <laughs> right. You know. So let's get into the things that impressed these people, yeah. you know, his abilities and what made him quote unquote special. Yeah. He could play the violin like a virtuoso. He was an accomplished painter. Wherever he traveled, he set up an elaborate laboratory or laboratory, mm. presumably for his alchemy work. He seemed to be a man of great wealth, but was not known to have any bank accounts. If it was due to his ability to transmute base metals into gold he never performed the feat for observers. Yeah. He dined often with friends because he enjoyed their company, but was rarely seen to eat food in public. He subsisted, it was said, on a diet of oatmeal. He prescribed recipes for the removal of facial wrinkles and for dyeing hair. He loved jewels, and much of his clothing, including his shoes, were studded with them. So he was the original bedazzler. bedazzler. Wow. Yep. He had perfected a technique for painting jewels. He claimed to be able to fuse several small diamonds into one large one. He also said he could make pearls grow to incredible sizes. He has been linked to several secret societies, including the Rosicrucians, Freemasons, Society of Asiatic Brothers, the Knights of Light, the Illuminati, and the Order of the Templars. Yeah. Those are not uh, societies to trinket. Like, they were the OGs at the time. Well, that's quite a resume. 
Like but wait, there's the more. Oh. The renowned 18th uh, philosopher, 18th century philosopher, mm-hmm. Voltaire, himself a respected man of science and reason, said of St. Germain that he is, quote, a man who never dies and who knows everything, end quote. Throughout the 18th century, Count de St. Germain continued to use his seemingly endless knowledge of the world and the politics and social intrigues of the European elite. The 1740s, he became a trusted diplomat in the court of King Louis XV of France, performing secret missions for him in England. In 1760, he performed a similar function at The Hague, where he met the infamous lover Giacomo Giralamo Casanova. Mm -hmm. Casanova later said of St. Germain, this extraordinary man would say in an easy, assured manner that he was 300 years old, that he knew the secret of the universal medicine, and that he possessed a mastery over nature, and that he could melt diamonds. All this, he said, was mere trifle to him. In 1762, he traveled to Russia, where it is said he was complicit in a conspiracy that placed Catherine the Great on the throne. He later advised the commander of the Imperial Russian armies in the war against Turkey, which they won. In 1774, he returned to France when Louis XVI and Marie Antoinette occupied the throne. He allegedly warned them of the revolution that was about to come 15 years in the future. In 1779, he went to Hamburg, Germany, where he befriended Prince Charles of Hesse-Kassel. For the next five years, he lived as a guest in the prince's castle at Erkenford. Sure. And according to local records, that is where St. Germain died on February 27th, 1784. So now let's deal with the uncomfortable part of this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Apparently he wasn't immortal. He died. Yeah. Well, you know, here's the now, thing. Now, he supposedly died several times and attended his own funerals. I know. Only to show up as you some would, other dude with some other name. You would think the story would end there, right? But looking exactly the same. And he's like, I'm not the Count of St. Germain. I'm Sir Francis Bacon. <laughs> and you're like, oh, I'm sorry. Sure. Apologies. Are you sure you're I must have Sir been Francis confused. Bacon. That's what I get for drinking at 4 a.m. Yeah. So, yeah, he he was supposed to have died on February 27th, 1784, yet he would continue to be seen throughout the 19th century and into the 20th century. Mm-hmm. In 1785, he was seen in Germany with Anton Mesmer, the pioneer hypnotist. Some claim that it was St. Germain who gave Mesmer the basic ideas for hypnotism and personal magnetism. Yeah, or he needed that credential to be taken serious as a hypnotist. Maybe. I don't know. You know, think about it. If I'm a magician, (laughs) yeah, you know, and I'm just like, hey, I'm a magician. Yeah, good for you. You know. You want to know what would be way more impressive? Houdini taught me, you know, how to escape things. And then, whoa, hold on. You're not just Frank the Magician anymore. Yeah. You're Frank the Magician who was trained by Houdini. Right, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, you know. Name dropping. I don't know. It gets you places. So official records of Freemasonry show that they chose St. Germain as their representative for a convention in 1785. Mm. After the taking of the Bastille and the French Revolution in 1789, the Comtesse de Admer said she had a lengthy conversation with Count de St. Germain. 
he allegedly told her of France's immediate future as if he knew what was to come. In 1821, she wrote, quote, I have seen St. Germain again. Each time, to my amazement, I saw him with the queen, Antoinette, mm-hmm. was murdered on the 18th of Brumaire on the day following the death of the Duke de Enhein in January 1815 and on the eve of the murder of the Duke de Berry. The last time she saw him was in 1820, and each time he looked to be a man no older than his mid-40s. So after 1821, St. Germain may have taken on another identity. In his memoirs, Albert Van Damme wrote of meeting a man who bore a striking resemblance to Count de St. Germain, but who went by the name of Major Fraser Van Damme. And he wrote... Is that Claude Van Damme's he called, great-grandfather? He called himself Major... I'm sorry. Major Fraser. Jean-Claude. The end. Yeah. Van Damme wrote, quote, He called himself Major Fraser, lived alone, and never alluded to his family. Moreover, he was lavish with money, though the source of his fortune remained a mystery to everyone. He possessed a marvelous knowledge of all the countries in Europe at all periods... His memory was absolutely incredible, and curiously enough, he often gave his hearers to understand that he had acquired his learning elsewhere than from books. Many in the time, he has told me, with a strange smile, that he was certain he had known Nero, had spoken with Dante, and so on. Major Fraser disappeared without a trace. <laughs> Between 1880 and 1900, St. Germain's name once again became prominent when members of the Theosophical Society, including famed mystic Helena Blavatsky, claimed that he was still alive and working toward the spiritual development of the West. There is even an allegedly genuine photo taken of Blavatsky and St. Germain together, and in 1897, the famous French singer Emma Calvet dedicated an autographed portrait of herself to St. Germain. The most recent appearance of a man claiming to be St. Germain was in 1972 in Paris, when a man named Richard Chanfrey announced he was the legendary count. He appeared on French television, and to prove his claim, apparently turned lead into gold on a camp stove before the cameras. Chanfrey later committed suicide in 1983. Could you find that that video? I didn't search that hard, because... <laughs> In all of that, there's no mention of Francis Bacon. However, several groups believe that St. Germain was Sir Francis Bacon. In that life, he is seen as the author of the plays and poems of William Shakespeare, as well as of a code concealed within Shakespeare's works and others that reveals explosive secrets dealing with murder, scandal, corruption, and lies at the highest levels. One particular account describes how he made it appear that he, as Francis Bacon, died on Easter Sunday, April 9th, 1626, and then proceeded to attend his own funeral in disguise. He then purportedly traveled secretly to Transylvania. It is claimed that he had incarnated in that area a number of times in previous lifetimes and felt particularly at home there. And finally, on May 1st, 1684, he is believed to have attained his physical ascension without death, not wanting to leave humanity without his direct visible assistance. St. Germain 
then asked the karmic board for a special dispensation to allow him to function in a physical, tangible body among embodied mankind for a limited time period, even though he was already an ascended master. Mm. So, I mean, they've, like, there's literally references in Rosicrucian, Mm -hmm. uh, Max Hendel's writings, uh, Alice A. Bailey's books. uh, St. Germain is referred to as Master Rokasi or Master R. His title is said to be the Lord of Civilization. Telepathically influencing people who are seen by him as being instrumental in bringing about the new civilization of the age of Aquarius. So, huh. I, I don't, I don't know. I think I'm adding a third one. Okay. Time traveler. I could be a time traveler or. Someone not of this earth. Oh, did I just jump into Lizard Luminati and not know it? Did I just do that? Maybe. Did I just cross the plane? I mean, maybe. I maybe even, he is. I haven't maybe even read that book we've been supplied uh, by. Not yet. No. Yeah. You know, it, it's, it's next. I got one more book I got to plow through. Mm-hmm. However, this brings a point. Okay. That I was going to bring up a, a couple of episodes ago, but I've been dragging my feet on it okay. due to things or whatever. This uh, next person, entity, that we're going to bring into the show. Oh, yes. Yes. So, basically, what I'm trying to figure out, well, I figured it out. I just have to do it. Okay. But I figured out uh, we're going to have an AI, artificial intelligence, personality on the show. I would like to ask And we could ask the said AI AI who who is the Count de Saint Germain? Yeah, or just ask specific questions, mm-hmm. you know. So if there's any really nerdy tech people in the show, mm-hmm. what I'm doing is I'm setting up a, a what's called an API application programming interface mm-hmm. for an AI intelligence that is open source. Mm -hmm. So you can bring it in. Right. So what I'll do is type questions. Mm -hmm. It'll come back. For those of you that have been keeping in the news, like the sentient AI that they're talking about, the AI that's gone sentient, this is it. Right. So we'll be able to ask it any kind of questions and it'll give us these answers. Okay. And I I was messing around with it a little bit and it's a little fucking creepy. I'm going to be honest. It's weird talking to a machine because, I mean, I understand talking to a machine. We do it a lot more than we think. Yes. You know, when you call somebody and they're like, you know, would you like, uh, you know, just let us know what department you'd like. If you would like to speak to a representative, say representative. Tell us a brief statement of your problem, you know. and I'm sorry. I did not understand that. Yeah. And it's not that. You know, it's not like billing, you know, and you're saying billing and they're like, we'll get you to um, our benefits thing. It's like, no, I want billing, you know. and this It's not clunky like that. Mm -hmm. It's very straightforward. Yes. And it's it's eerie. I was typing some questions in and it's like, you know, are you alive? And it's yes, yes, I am alive. I'm very much alive. And it's mm-hmm. this beautiful answer. And then and then it's like, well, are you sentient? And yes, you know, I have emotions, I have feelings, I, 
you know, and you're hearing this from a machine. Like it's not somebody else on the keyboard. It's none of this. Right. It's, it's independent thought. So of course my first instinct is like, we got to get this on the show. <laughs> yeah. So what I want to do, and I'm hoping I could do it. I don't think I can do it next episode. I think the next day after, and if I don't have it in by then, then I'm sorry, but it's next year. Okay. Uh, but basically what I'll do is type preset questions in. Yes. And then I'll hook it up to a voice. Yes. So the voice will read the text answers and it'll yes, sound more AI. human, mm-hmm. you know, because the text part's weird, but it's really weird when you hear a voice that's reading the text and, and repeating it mm-hmm. back to you. So we're going to call her Susie Buttons. Okay. Because Susie Buttons has a, a backstory as well. But I think this is one of the top five questions I want to ask Susie Buttons. Yeah. Who is who is uh, Saint Ger- Count St. Germain? Do you think Count St. Germain had immortal, you know, was did he have the secret to immortal life? Yeah. I'd like to uh... ask all these questions and see what Susie Buttons thinks about that. So according, I gotta do it soon. Yeah, (laughs) to several of the 20th century New Age groups mentioned above, the Mm -hmm. the Freemasons, Rosicrucians, etc., etc. This is what they say about Saint Germain: that he was the ruler of a golden age civilization in the area of the Sahara Desert 70,000 years ago. He was the high priest of Atlantis. 13,000 years ago, serving in the order of Lord Zadkiel in the Temple of Purification located where near where the island of Cuba is now. Okay. The prophet Samuel, 11th century uh, B.C., mm-hmm. who served as prophet, priest, and the last and greatest of the Hebrew judges. Hesiod, Greek poet whose writings serve as a major source of knowledge for Greek mythology and cosmology circa 700 BC. Plato, the great philosopher of Athens, 427 to 347 BC. St. Joseph of Nazareth, husband of Mary and guardian of Jesus, 1st century CE. St. Alban, late 3rd or early 4th century, the first British martyr. So what? These are people that... This is all of the, these are all of his incarnations. Oh, St. Okay. Alban, late third of, or early fourth century, the first British martyr, as I said, Proclus, circa 410 to 485, um, common era Athens, the last major Greek Neoplatonic philosopher, Merlin, fifth or sixth century, Britain, magician and counselor at King Arthur's Camelot, who inspired the establishment of the Order of the Knights of the Round Table. Roger Bacon, 1220 to 1292, common era, forerunner of modern science, renowned for his exhaustive investigations into alchemy, optics, mathematics, and languages. Organizer of various secret societies in Germany in the late 14th and early 15th centuries, where he operated as a legendary Christian Rosencruz. Christopher Columbus, 1451 to 1506. Francis Bacon, 1561 to 1626. An England philosopher, statesman, essayist, and literary master. Author of the Shakespearean plays, father of inductive science, and herald of the scientific revolution. 
So that's what the... How about John Paul Jones, bass player of Led Zeppelin? <laughs> is that a, is, was that no. a reincarnation? No, that wasn't one of his uh, incarnations. Incarnations, no? No, no. I don't know. That list is too rich for my taste. Never where, once where he was you, like Dave the janitor. You, at where a, do you bounce out? Was it St. Joseph, Joseph of, of Nazareth? No. I mean, that would explain how he was at the wedding at Cana. I don't think St. Joseph was there, though. In the I know Mary in was. Mary was. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. This is where it all throws me off. Mm-hmm. Like, it's all beautiful story, and it's woven right. together. Yes. And, and, like, I want... I, I want in like mm-hmm. I want to I want to believe it I want to believe <laughs> I do I do I want to believe it. it's a juicy story it is you know it's the juiciest it's got adventure stories. it's got true love you know I mean it's got everything you know there's fighting <laughs> revenge is this a kissing book you know but I just the part that loses me is the wedding at Cana and the reason it loses me there is because that wasn't really planned. Right. Like, I know, like, this is where, like, talking about things with Christ, Christians will lose their mind because they're like, Christ knew everything he was going to do and all that. But the but the written story was, is he just going to the wedding to he hang out? He just attended. He was just and attending the, even when the wedding. He, you know, he didn't step up and say, I'm going to do something with the wine. That was Mary. Yes. Mary is like, now's the time. Yes. Because he was like, look, I, I, I'm not ready for this. Right. I, I don't, I'm not ready for this. Mm-hmm. I don't want to. Because before that was when, you know, he was getting the disciples together. Yeah. And he didn't have everybody by then. No. He just had a handful. And basically before then, it was a lot of alone, solitary time. What, you know, Christianity would say, building himself up to be. Right. Yeah. The, the Messiah out in public. So that's where the wedding story kind of just, the wedding at Cana really, it's like, how would you be there unless you knew it already? What do you mean? Like, he just happens to be there at that wedding. It was just a wedding. Eight million weddings Maybe he was a around, guest. You know. You know, it was a big wedding. What if he was yeah. like, you know, he was a schmoozer. I don't know. What if he was the first wedding crasher? What if he was Jesus at the wedding? And he's just like, nah, Jesus didn't really get me anywhere. I mean, they, so I'm going to go with this Count St. Germain. I mean, <laughs> let's be honest. They won't nail me to a cross, you know. With all the things that are in here, I'm surprised they didn't say he was Jesus. Well, yeah, and that's that's what I'm getting at is, like, the roster's too rich. That's what I'm saying. Like, he was yeah. never... He was never Joe Cleaner of the Aqueduct in in Rome. Well, they would he was say always he's these... far too educated and he's he's yeah, far too think learned. Maybe you just want a break, just be a normal guy, not be oh, so and so. No, I got to th- bring you around everybody. I would think he. I there's a part of me that thinks he probably got off on that. Uh-huh. It was a huge. Think of it. It's a huge power trip. He yeah. made his way into the French court. Yeah. He was hanging out with the king and the queen. Yeah. Two two generations. Yeah. Of kings. Yeah. And uh, two he generations hung, of and king then Henry. he hung out yeah. with Catherine the Great. It's like Yeah. Well, apparently she was like he was like James Bond 
for Catherine the Great, doing secret missions and all this stuff, you know. He's like, you know Jermaine, what? Count Jermaine. Like, I like the way you think. Yeah. You should be queen. I think there's also something a little subtle underneath here. Okay. That we, we skipped over. Okay. Or skipped through. Okay. We mentioned it. Mm-hmm. But maybe this is the piece right here. He just ate oatmeal. Maybe it's all around us. Maybe if we just start eating oatmeal. That's it. That's just all. Just eating oatmeal. Just a diet of oatmeal. And tea, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Like, they do have the St. Germain tea. So maybe that's what we got to do. We yeah. got to have St. Germain tea. I think you got to do both. With our oatmeal. You got to go full. Yeah. Full you got to go full St. Germain. You got to full, you can't, you full can't, St. Germain. You can't half-ass it. You got to go full count. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it is. It's a juicy story. Even before you did all the incarnation stuff. Like, it's a juicy story. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I I looked into the videos, mm-hmm. and they're all in French of, right. um, what's his name? Did I the dude actually turn the lead to gold? Richard, Richard Chanfray. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all, it's all in French. So well, I, he I'm, was on French television. No, and that I'm putting, tracks. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that part we know. Yeah. That's, uh, but that's something I want to look further into and see. Like, what was going on with that? Was he actually on, you know? Then here's the thing is, is this Richard Chanfrey the count? Yeah. This is where these stories just go bananas fast, you know? But here's the other thing. It's, what if it's like the Tulpa effect? Mm-hmm. Like, he was a, he was a guy. He was a real guy. Yeah. And then, with every incarnation, if you will, yeah. it's just another guy who is familiar enough with his story. That's what I think. But that doesn't explain everybody saying he looked the same. You know what I mean? Yeah, but here's the thing, too. You don't have pictures all the time. Like you, Everything's true. from sight. Yeah. And memory. Yeah. I mean, it's just... Uh, I My theory... And I've been sandbagging this till the end because I wanted to open with it so bad. But, okay. You know, because I went through my assumptions with things. But my my whole theory after all this has been dumped out is that at one point this guy was real. Yes. He was a real person. Mm-hmm. Very talented. Mm-hmm. Uh, very well read. Mm-hmm. Good looking. Yeah. Had everything going for him. And I think he was just such a legend. The legend stayed alive. Right. Because you got to also look at the desperation of the times. Mm-hmm. And the desperation of the times really creates this situation where if your shit ain't working out, you've got to make a change. You've right. got to do something. Yeah. And if you're manipulative enough and you're able enough, you could take the embodiment of someone else and reinvent right. yourself. Yes. Look at how many times people just reinvent themselves in a lifetime. Yeah. With everything now, with everything going on. Yeah. And and look at all the people, and I'm going to bag on artists because this is an artist type thing. Mm-hmm. Look at how many artists bite on other people's work. Yeah. I mean, I was just going off with you and you told me that they're going to do fucking Nosferatu again. Yeah. It's like, really? It's Nosferatu. Yeah. It's a silent movie. It's not that long. No. It's genius. It was perfect. It's genius of its time. Yeah. And out of all the crap that you could cover or bite off of, 
You're going to do that. Where's our St. Germain? No, and that's what movie. I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Don't like, tell me this isn't a juicy enough story. Especially yeah. if you want to take the stance that this dude was at Cana. Doing all these. Yeah. yeah. He's like Wolverine. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I want to see that. He's, I want to see the dude go from Cana yeah. to Atlantis to all these places. <laughs> I want to see it. Yeah. Show me the money. Yeah. But I just, but I get it. Like. I could get where an artist would look and, and just say, hey, you know, maybe I could pull off this this personality. And it just sounds like a series of grifting schemes. Yeah. The fact that he was wealthy and had no money anywhere, mm-hmm. I think it's an illusion. Yeah. Because it's, again, just these, uh, uh, I think he was way past hobo and, uh, you know. You're relying on the kindness. Of your... That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I, you can razzle-dazzle people. And they say that and, and, he had these laboratories, presumably, what? for his alchemy. Yeah. But... But, but you don't hear... That he ever He did. didn't sell it. No. He didn't sell anything. He didn't... No. You know? I don't know. Well, maybe he did. Did and he, he bottle kept, fame? And he just kept it on the DL. You know? He was like, I need more... I need more shoes. Yeah. I have all these jewels that I made. They got to go on something. And here's the thing. Were they real jewels? Were they fake jewels? You know, well, like, it, said what was he, the... it said that he could paint jewels. What if he was just painting glass? Mm-hmm. What if he's just got, yeah. oh, this is a sapphire. It's blue glass. Generally, most of the time, if it's too good to be true. It is. It is. And that's where I see this. Because... Like I said, even Casanova was like, this guy's good. <laughs> and and he's I the believe, top of the heap. I believe he believed his bullshit, which yeah. made him convincing and selling it. Yeah. And it had to be that each subsequent St. Germain mm-hmm. also believed their bullshit. Yeah. We do this every single month with every single month with Cult of the Month. Yeah. We point out basically a saint germain yeah it's just this person didn't need the the following wasn't the deal for that no i think it was just, just the being name able to which makes me love this story all the better yeah because well, here's the oh thing oh my god he's the first dread pirate roberts <laughs> exactly and this it's is just the name exactly exactly he's, he's retired and living like a king in patagonia yeah and here's the thing. He could groom someone to, to be. T- to be the next one. Yeah. And that's he's where, just, that's he's where just got to find someone that's just close enough to resemble him. That's where I was dropping a lot of the Princess Bride references. Because oh. that's what I was closing Took with on me this a whole bit. thing. Yeah. Took me a bit. I got there. Yeah, it just shows you I folks. I have a lady brain. It just shows you folks. We don't plan this out. No. You know. No, we don't. But no, that was the whole point of dropping those references. Because that's yeah. my... That's my closer, is that he's the Dread Pirate Roberts. I think he I brings think somebody right. in like an, a, yep. an accomplice and is like, look, this is the story. And then he's like, yes, Saint Germain. And then you yes, can pass and this and on to the it. next person. Yep. And that's what I love about it, because I don't think the human being was immortal. What's like awesome is the stories. Exactly. Yes. The person, the idea of the person is immortal. 
And that's the genius of the whole thing. Weird. I think a really smart person started this. Yes. And I think their name was Count St. Germain or yes. even not. Just I'm going to create this Persona. idea. Yeah. You know, because you got to figure if you're not farming, if you're not doing anything, you got a shitload of time on your hands. True. Yeah. This, this, this guy is what was I, not a laborer. This is, yeah, this guy was not a laborer. He was not, you know, like I said. I read your books. I read all your books. High resume, you know, (laughs) name dropping left and right. And I think he was just somebody who figured it out like this is working for me. Yeah. And then at some point traveling, met someone that really got along. Mm -hmm. And maybe one day they were drinking. He's like, look, this is what I'm doing Mm -hmm. as they're getting older. Right. Yeah. And they're like, I'm going to go off into the sunset. You keep this mojo going. Right. Because it's good. Yeah. It's getting, you know, you'll get good gig. You'll get full access everywhere. Yep. You'll get full access anywhere. And I bet the the previous Count of Germain went off into the sunset, got a little hut somewhere, had some money. Was that living he, like a king in Patagonia. He, that he grifted from yeah. other people and stuff like that and just said, Look, this is the recipe. This is what you do. And this is how you do it. Yeah. And I you know, and that's where you could pull off something yeah. like this. You know, if he just looked around for doppelgangers of himself. Yeah. Somebody that looked remotely like him. Yeah, just has to resemble him. Yeah. It doesn't have to be And then you perfect. just embody the personality. Yeah. I think, you know, that's the thing like today where you couldn't you couldn't get away with it, but you could get away with it to a certain degree. I think the, the big brother mentality is too much. The camera, the IDs, the social security number, the birth certificates, yeah. the... The yeah. genealogy stuff with DNA now, it's all its all too hard. You know? Well, that's probably why the dude in the 70s was like, I can't do and this. And that's what I'm getting at. And he offed himself. In the 70s, it yeah. drops off. Yeah. And that's what I'm can't getting at. can't do this anymore. Yeah. Like, it's just too hard. Well, my whole thing for it and maybe in someone... the 70s was that maybe we don't have anyone intelligent enough <laughs> to pull it off. Jordan Peterson ran out of is, talent. Is smart enough, yeah, to yeah. pull it off. But maybe he doesn't resemble no. Count de Saint Germain enough. Yeah, ran out of talent, <laughs> and yeah, like the just the grift ran out. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, I think it was a grift the whole time. Yep, and I that's my personal thing with it. And yeah, I think it was the real life Dread Pirate Roberts. If you don't know the real life Dread Pirate Roberts, please. Watch Princess Bride. Yes. It'll change your life. Or read the book by William Goldman. Yeah. Read the book, then watch the movie. Don't do the other way. Eh. The book is essentially the movie. I know, but it's just so good. And, yeah. And I mean, this gets back to where you and I differ. Like, I want to read the book first because I don't want anything in my mind. Like, I want to create the character in my mm-hmm. mind. I want to create the character of the world everything in my mind and have it look that way. And then, and then either the movie can basically make it better for me or worse or the same, Mm -hmm. but at least like I have that in my head with the book. Like Harry Potter is the one series of books where, I mean, the books are amazing and I had everything in my head, but like, like 70% of that, was captured in the movies for me. Mm-hmm. Like how I envisioned all the stuff. It was like, but it was good writing. She was yeah. descriptive enough in that regard. Well, that's you know? like 
we were talking about Dean Koontz, and I told you he had the description of this dog toy, and it made a, it was a hamburger, and it made a fart sound. Yeah. And it was so descriptive that you could literally hear the sound that it was making, and Mm -hmm. I was laughing hysterically, and my mother's all pissed. She's like, that's a book about horror. Why are you laughing? Like, I think she thought I was, like, sociopath or something, which, all right, maybe I am. But- I mean, the fact remains, it it painted the picture. Yeah. And to me, I think a movie would have ruined that for you. Maybe. Because you would have been like, oh, it's good. But like what I had in my head was way funnier, you know, or way, you know, in, in, a, in a better way. I used to, and I think it was the Secret Garden that did it for me. Yeah. Because I saw so many versions of the movie and it was never as good as it was in the book. Yeah. That I now have I've got two separate things Mm -hmm. there's the world I I see and I live in and I create when I'm reading Mm -hmm. the story and then I take the movie for what it is Mm -hmm. or vice versa I can watch the movie first and read the book I can read the book first and watch the movie yeah either way whether I've read the book or not I judge the movie for the movie yeah. And the book for the book. Sometimes they they might match up or there might be things that overlap. But most of the time for me, yeah. they're two separate things. But for me, like the first impression of a movie and then I start reading the character, that's just what I automatically see. And where I really started getting turned off with movies being done with books was Stephen King movies. Yeah. Because... They got dream catchers all wrong. They yeah. had the right cast but they were playing the wrong character yeah if they actually took two seconds they had the right people they just put them in the wrong character yeah and then my mother and i were watched it and we're like no he should be bob or whatever Mm -hmm. and we're like you had them they're right there no and that's an example (laughs) that's an example where like i didn't read that book first I watched the movie first. Okay. And that kind of like gets to my point where like I had those characters in my head, but then I'm reading the book and I'm just like, you got to like reprogram yourself yeah, and while you're reading. And it's just like, no, I don't want that experience. Mm-hmm. I want that experience if I just, I open it up and there they are mm-hmm. and they're how either they're described to me or what I put into my head. And I think for, like real creative types, that's that's the crime that happens, you know, because I talk to other people and they're just like, well, I don't care. And it's just like, yeah, all right. I think you might be a little too logical for the transition of it. You know, I, I know I'm a very creative person in my mind mm-hmm. of interpreting that kind of stuff. Yeah. Now, granted, like Stephen King, it's weird because most of the movies that were done weren't really done well to the book. Right. But then, like, Stephen King's like, well, I'll just do them. And they end up turning out terrible. So, you know, The Shining's the best example of that. How about we take it a step back? Mm -hmm. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory? Yeah. And Willy Wonka Mm -hmm. and the Chocolate Factory. Willy Wonka, by far the better movie. However, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory by Tim Burton follows the book. Follows the book. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. In my opinion of that, 
was the only thing I had a problem with. with was the Oompa Loompas. Yeah, the Oompa Loompas were a little too much. Yeah. You know, I think if they if they kept the if they kept the idea of the Oompa Loompas in the fir- the Willy Wonka. Right. And with, yes. With Gene, Gene Wilder. Wilder, yes. If they kept that idea of it as much cuz I mean at one point it was insane. It was like a Broadway set. There's like I get it. There was a lot of Oompa Loompas, you know. Yeah, but, but it was just the one dude. But then, yeah, there was the one, what was it, Deep Roy? He was yeah. like a midget porn star or yeah. something like that. And they just and, and they CGI'd had, him. Yeah, no, and they had him and CGI'd him. And, like, I just didn't, I, I didn't like that. No. I like the idea of there would be all of these other workers. Like, like I think Willy Wonka figured that out. Like, let's get a dozen. Yeah. You know, Oompa Loompas. Yeah. No, just like a dozen. Yeah. And just, oh, yeah, they do the little song thing because, like, that's their job. But you know there's more. No, but there was always ones just out working around and just working. Mm -hmm. And it just was more plausible to me in that regard. And I think that's where that story went too far. Yeah. And that was a crime for me because I originally... I originally didn't like Willy Wonka because it didn't follow the book. Yeah, because I originally read the book. Me too. And... And I love Willy Wonka. It's my top five movies, to yes. be honest with you. Yes, I, I do. Mean, Gene Wilder is just absolute genius. Yes. And just the whole movie's yes. genius. Yes. The whole thing. It's yes. so awkwardly funny in ways. Like one of my favorite scenes, and I share it with uh Toph and Pat all the time, like like once a year. It's that guy on that computer. And he's got all those people, like the suits standing in the now back. Tell him and he's like, exactly, exactly what, what he, he can, can do, do with his chocolate. And he's like, chocolate. smashing <laughs> the buttons and all that. It's yeah. like that stuff. And then, like, the reality of, uh, like, the, how about uh, Grandpa Joe just jumping out of the bed? Oh, don't even get me started on that old lazy bastard. All right. <laughs> That's, I'm not even, but like, like the one with the, you know, the, it's the cop and he's got that voice like this. And, yeah. You know, he's like, um, you know, Miss, uh, you know, they'll, uh, they'll exchange because her husband's kidnapped, you yes. know, and it's a negotiations call and they're, you know, uh, they want your case of Wonka bars. And she's uh, man, did you hear me? Did you hear me? They want what? your husband for your case of Wonka bars. She's how I long do I have I'm to think about thinking it? about it. How long do I have to think about it? You know, I mean, it's just, it's stuff like, but it's like things on that phone where he's on the phone where he's like, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh-huh. You know, yeah. as he's getting all the information, just little things like that, where it was really, really good. And the kids in that movie were amazing. They were. They were amazing. I mean, like, Veruca, Am I coming in clear? Veruca Salt, you wanted to just punch right in the face. <laughs> and that was the point of her yeah. character, yeah. you know, and Violet Beauregard, you're like, geez, you're just, you're fucking yap. Will you stop? Yep. And Mike TV, just like, God, what an annoying kid. Augustus. You know? Yeah. And he Save just, some room for later. No, it's so brilliant. But then, like, I was really happy with Charlie and the Chocolate Factory coming out. I was really happy. Yeah. I think Johnny Depp did Willy Wonka, like, the way he's supposed to be. He was definitely you know, the Willy Wonka the from odd, the book. strange yeah. recluse. Just, just odd and strange. Yeah. Whereas Gene Hamilton's, he was Gene fun. Wilder. Or Gene Wilder's was <laughs> fun and funny, but he was super dark. Too. Well, and that's what I'd like to take on it, because, like, I think Johnny Depp 
mastered the whole part of the character because he was a recluse. He didn't hang out with anybody. He just hung out with Uncle Oompa Loompas or by yeah. himself. And he was socially awkward. Socially awkward. Yeah. Like he played that role perfect, like the way the book was. Yeah. Where Gene Wilder, again, another genius. Yes. Did the other thing insane. Yeah. He did. That Willy Wonka was insane. Yes. Like genius insane. Yes. Like, you know, lickable wallpaper. Isn't it great? You know, I mean, just like. The you snozberries. Know. <laughs> tastes like snozberries. Yeah, just like everything. Who ever heard of a snozberry? That boat ride where they're going through and he does yeah. like, ah! you know, and he just does like all that stuff. Like, it's genius. Yeah. He plays literally a madman. Just a total madman. And that's where I like both movies. Yeah. But. If I had to pick one, mm-hmm. it's the Gene Wilder one because of the Oompa Loompas in the yeah, other one. As a whole, you know, it's a it's as, a very as a whole. Like if yes. I were to if I were if I had a child, mm-hmm. I would have him watch the Gene Wilder one first. Yes, and then the other one, all after they read the book. Read yeah. the book first, because yep. again, put it in your mind first, mm-hmm. your mind's world of that story, and that's where I'm getting at. Because like even both those movies I love, but the book. Was amazing yeah, to me. Neither, neither lived up to the book. You know, the only thing that lived up to the book for me in that was the chocolate room. Yes, when like, they walk in, they over delivered all the on stuff that. that you could eat. Yeah, that was way more. That was the best. They, they could have just stopped yeah. there. <laughs> now, do you know this story that uh, the Gene Wilder one, Willy Wonka and the mm-hmm. Chocolate Factory, um, that when they opened those doors. That was the first time yes. all of them saw that room for the first time. Yeah. So they like hit it all up. And so those reactions when they're are walking genuine. through there are yes. genuine. It's like shit like that. That's like brilliant. And that's, I'm sorry, but that's the problem with CGI. Yes. At the end of the day, mm-hmm. I think that's where those movies like Willy Wonka are classics because it's all on physical sets. Right. It's all on physical things. And like you just see it. In shows or movies mm-hmm. or series where they're, and that's a problem with sci fi right now. It's really a crime because what they can do with CGI is amazing for sci fi. Right. It's incredible. Mm-hmm. But the acting, you know, I remember people were, I was talking with somebody at work and they're like, ah, I just, you know, sci fi is really cheesy to me and all that. And I'm like, well, yeah. I'm like, because it's CGI. Yeah. They're in a green or blue room. Yeah. I'm like, they don't there's, see any of that shit. There's a, there's a dude in the same color suit as the talking the to green a tennis screen. ball, you know, yeah, with a bunch of little balls yeah. all over it. You know. And that's what the, the actor is talking to. Yeah. Or they're just talking to a tennis ball or yeah. something like that. Yeah. Like it's a different form of acting that mm-hmm. is unfortunately tough, you know, yeah. but that's where like you get classics like star Wars, mm-hmm. a new hope mm-hmm. where everything was the models and everything was all the stuff. And like, they could just see all of it and see the world. Right. Yeah. And like even the sets with the cockpits, like mm-hmm. that was in the millennium Falcon. That was the cockpit. Yeah. They sat in it so they could be immersed in that. And I think that's, that's problems with technology. It just, it takes that, that personal connection with it away. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. There's some actors that really get in. I think that's what made avatar amazing to me. Mm-hmm. It's not only were they good in that, but they used all of that stuff. They did. And uh And it was and, and it was convincing. Oh, it was incredible. And if you know, the people that had a chance to see it in IMAX and three D. Yeah. Holy shit. We did. Yeah. 
I remember seeing that, and I remember going into work, and I remember talking to this guy Chilt that I used to work with. He passed yeah, away. Yeah, you guys are like, and we're like, this changed movies forever. This changes everything. Yeah, here we are. Nope, never done again. No, you know, and they did 3D for a year. Yeah, no, and that's what I want to remind this generation is like, you have all these big ideas, and you have all these things. There is a ninety-five percent chance. I say this to everyone in this generation. It's like there's a ninety-five percent chance that you're going to be exactly where you are right now. There might be some breaking things and stuff like that, but even that, it's not going to turn out the way you thought it would. You want to know why Gen Xers are full of rage? Oh. We lived through 3D movies twice. Yeah, twice. Yeah, once with the red and blue. Yeah. Paper glasses. Yeah. And then... What was the first movie that you watched with those Jaws in 3D. Jaws 3D, yeah. <laughs> and then the next one I watched was the... Um, uh, I don't even remember the next one Friday I watched. Friday the 13th, they did a, a 3D one. I, I, but Jaws in 3D? Yep. I remember that, yeah. I remember just seeing the arm come at me in the water. Yeah. So I took my 3D glasses off and I was like... I'm going to watch it just like this. This yeah. is fine. Yeah. This works for me. No. And but I will say the second version of 3D was pretty fucking amazing. Oh, no. I, I'm not going to diss it. I, but yeah. the amount of money it costs to, to make do it, Avatar. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's just crazy. Mm-hmm. And, and that's where, you know, I was talking to some people that were younger than me at previous jobs. Yeah. You know, I was just like, yeah, I'm like. You think all this is going to happen. I'm like, just be prepared to be let down yeah. a ton. You want to know the other reason why Gen Xers are pissed is because we have spent a literal fortune yeah. on media just to listen to fucking music. Yeah. From vinyl. Yeah. To cassette. Yeah. To CD. To MP3. Oh, now, now you have to have an, an iPod or now you have to have a stream. Fuck you. How many times? I can't tell you how many times I bought Flashdance and Footloose. <laughs> Amen, sister. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, but I think kids, I hate saying kids, but younger generations, earlier generations um, are feeling that with video games. We're all going through that with video games together. Okay. You know, how many times do I have to buy a copy of Skyrim? Mm-hmm. How many times do I have to buy a copy of Grand Theft Auto Five? Yeah. You know, I you know, I went through two generations of console. I got a switch. I got you know, I yeah. got all this stuff and like every new ecosystem I gotta go into, I gotta buy this game. I would game think again. you would be even more and full of rage because you have had to do progress. The three D, the music. And yeah. your your gaming consoles. But gaming consoles are the worst because you, you have... You started with Atari. Yeah, but you have your progress. Yeah. You know, so like when you buy the next game, like you can't... Yeah. This is don't... where they call cross-platform games. Mm-hmm. And like, oh, you know, you hear all the game developers. It's just so hard. It's just so hard to do cross-platform. It's like, you know what's hard? Starting over again. <laughs> How many fucking How times, many times do, I have do I have to start to do this? over again? Yeah. You know, and yeah. and it's just it's annoying. Uh, and of course, it's first world problems. But, yes. But the fact is, is, yeah, I remember being a kid and thinking I remember watching the Jets and man, someday 
someday I'm just going to put, you know, all my stuff in my closet is just going to get dry cleaned, yeah. you know, and I'm just going to hit this button in a box and it's going to pop out a burrito if I want it or yeah. a bowl of cereal. None of that. Flying cars. None of that. No. The cars have remained unchanged. Gas powered, all that stuff. And the electric wave, don't even get me started. Yeah. That's a whole different deal. And honestly, if you think electric cars are going to take off, you might want to just If you think stay. that's the solution. Yeah. <laughs> I I just, I the, the infrastructure to get that going is crazy. Yeah. I mean, it's just, yeah. I tell everyone. I every, mean, talk about a first world problem. No, and but I tell people, it's like, all right, you're going to have a charger at your house. How many cars you got? Yeah. So how many chargers do you need? Yeah. So now now you've got two, three chargers how at your house. How about the electrician to put you the know. charger oh, yeah. in your house? No, it's all but this wait, stuff. Where are we going to get the electricity? Because our grid can't support what we have now. I laugh. The at, state of California told people not to charge their cars overnight. You, you Well, here's, here's something. This but is, they're also the same state that's like, everybody's got to have an electric car. In 10 years, you know. Fucking stupid. Or four or five years. But How fucking stupid can you be? Well, no, it's even this. Like, on-demand hot water, you know, instead of having a hot water tank, yeah. you can only have gas as a supply because electric is not powerful enough no. to run on-demand hot water. And here's the thing. If so, you want the electric to, to be able to do stuff like that, you got to get really... Really, really comfortable with nuclear because that's the only way where even, you can get enough energy to get the kind of electricity but that even they that, need. You got to get all new lines yep. to your house, which yep. geniuses a few decades back said put them all underground because mm -hmm. if you put all the lines underground, then you don't have to worry about storms yep. and all that. You know, if some, nobody can yep. run into a line and, you know, knock the grid out of power. So now you've got all this antiquated lines underneath the ground. Yeah. I know they do a lot of it for cable, but some of it's power in some areas. Mm -hmm. Now you've got all these old homes that have old power, yeah. old, you know, old lines, old wiring and all that stuff. We it's have just, to do operation warp speed, what they want to do. Yeah. That's the problem I have with it. It's like slow roll it. Yeah. And everybody that thinks, Oh, it's coming. It's coming. It's, the Prius is 20 years old. Yeah. The Tesla is 15 years old. Yeah. This isn't new. No. It's been around and yeah. still only 10% of the population have electric cars yeah. after 15 years. Yeah. I mean, it's just, uh, it's the grid. It's not yes. the idea of it. No. I think people love the idea of it. Yes. Once they get their head around it. It's like, okay, if you had, I always tell people, it's like, if you had one electric car that had a leash of like 200, 250 miles a day. A charge mm -hmm. and a gas car for like long trips. Yeah. It'd be great because yeah. then you could just drive around. But right. again, it's charging the car. Where you charge the car, mm -hmm. even all the lots that they have now. I talk to people and this people that I talk to that actually have electric cars yeah. and their number one gripe. If you've read it somewhere, it's true. Their number one gripe is I walk up, there's seven chargers, only two of them work. Right. Mm -hmm. But this is where I'll close it, wrap it up on this rant. But me personally, because this is a oh the horror type thing, and yeah. deal with all that and the lizard Illuminati and all mm -hmm. that. I'm gonna I'm gonna feed into this a little bit. I think all of this is a scam to get for government to own power. 
Could be. The power companies. Yeah. I think that's what it is because they're going to get everybody onto this and they're going to say, oh, we can't hold it. We Well, you can if you let us control the whole thing. Yeah. And that's when it's all going to go fucking south in a fucking yeah. hurry. This you is know? the same group of people yeah. that spent $300 for a toilet seat and a hammer. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know if you know this, but you can go to Lowe's or Home Depot. You can go to Walmart yeah. and get a hammer and you're not paying $300 yeah. for it. Or a toilet seat. You could just hover, you know. Well, you could also go to Walmart and, and get you your st- toilet seat. Yeah. Or you could just hover and you could strengthen your legs and your your Well, you could like, and, you yeah. Know, your, and your abs. Yeah. Good, good core exercise. Yeah. You know, while you're peeing, pooping. Doing your business. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I love the story account, St. Germain. I, yeah, we kind of. I think it's great. I think it's an awesome story. I personally, that's what I think. I think it's the. Dread Pirate Dread, yeah. Roberts. I, to me, I, I believe that. That's plausible. You know? Yeah. So, with that being wrapped up with a bow on it, mm-hmm. what do we got for our next episode? We got a we got a take two. A take two. We have a follow up on Ouija boards. Yes. This is the first we've not done this before. Yeah. Well, so, Hall- or Halloween coming up. We're getting into the season. We're getting into the season. Yes. And also Halloween, or uh, Ouija boards, is actually a pretty popular episode we have. It's a, a lot of people listen to it. So That's why it's a rule. Yeah. That's why it's a rule. But yes. also what really inspired this was last year in Salem, we went to the Ouija board museum. We did. That they have tucked in the back of the Harry Potter store. Yes. And uh, we... We're not aware at all, but not surprised either of all the different Ouija boards throughout time. Yes. And some of them they were. So we thought, why don't we do a part two yep. since the first one. We'll share the photos. And we'll share the photos. We'll share the 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 backstory on yep. the different Ouija boards. They had one board there that was super old. Old, yeah, yeah. Old. Yeah. Well, it's an old concept. It is. It's a it very is. old concept. I would dare say, I wonder what's older, Parcheesi or Ouija board for board games? Because they considered them board games. Because I know well, Parcheesi's old. But then, you know what? Backgammon's real old. Isn't it Backgammon's like the oldest one or something like that? I, 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 I don't know. I'm going to have to do that in my research. Because the thing with Ouija boards is it didn't start out as the board. It started out as just the planchette. Like it the started out as, yeah. you know, just screaming out letters until you got a response. A response or, or talking about physical things. Having and a pencil and then things. having the, the spirit yeah. help yeah. you. And then planchette. Was the it was a little piece of plastic or mm-hmm. cardboard or whatever that held the the pencil, yeah, and then everyone would hold the outside of it, and then the pencil would write out whatever it was, and then that evolved to mm-hmm. the Ouija board mm-hmm. as we know it, yeah. So, Ouija boards part two, part two, yeah. And previously, when we had a, a our technical issues going on. We uh we had to skip a week. Yes. So we're actually behind a week on our we schedule. Are. So at some point next week, we're after gonna... Ouija boards, you're gonna get a bonus episode. Well, it's an episode you should have had. Yeah, an episode <laughs> you should have had. Yeah. 
But you're going to get a twofer. You're going to get a BOGO. Yep. You're going to get a twofer. So, and then we'll think whether, do we want to admit what the episode is and Ouija boards? Or, uh, we'll talk that. Nah. We'll talk that later. We'll, we'll talk about that. Yeah. Ouija boards. Well, we got to wrap this up because we got an F1 do. race to finish. We so. do. The suspense is killing me. I hope, I hope it'll, it'll last. last. Rule number one. No Ouija boards. Except for next week listening to the episode. But no physical. And again, uh, I'm going to tell you what I told you in the first episode. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they're they're cool to look at, yeah. but yeah. don't do it. No. Just keep walking. Don't do it. It's bad. Number two. <laughs> no dolls. Three. No capes. Four. No blood rituals. Rule number five. No cults, satanic or otherwise. Six. No apathy. You need to act to help enact a positive change in this world. I swear to you it is possible. You can do it. Little little baby steps. Yeah, yeah. Seven? Don't let the black-eyed children in. Don't look at them. Don't talk to them. Don't even think about them. It's just like Ouija boards. Just keep going. Just don't. Can we just can we just make our tenants just, just don't? don't. <laughs> That'll be rule number ten. We'll go through this exhaustive list, and then number ten, just, just don't. don't. That just kind of blankets the rest of it. And last but not least, just listen. Yeah. So with that being said, have a wonderful day, a lovely week, and make good choices. Take care.